0: When I pause to remember, a heartache here is but a stepping stone along the trail that's winding always upward. This trembling world is not my final home, but until then, my heart will go on. Until then, with joy I'll carry on. Until the day
1: my eyes be
0: all the city. Until the day that calls me home. The things of earth will dim and lose their value. If we recall They're borrowed for a while And things of earth That cause our hearts to tremble Remember there Will only bring a smile But until then My heart will go singing. Until
1: my eyes
0: behold the city until the day God calls me
1: home. Thank you. Good song. How about Chuck? Come ahead if you would. A couple of announcements here while he's making his way. We just got some uh, new invitations. I had somebody teasing me today about this. They saw in the calendar that we're having Grandparents' Day. They wanted to know what that was all about. And I said, well, I'm a grandparent now, and uh, I've learned that that's an important day. So uh, we're having Grandparents' Day, September 6th. Now some of you say, Grandparents' Day is the second Sunday of September. In calendars it says that. But we have RU Sunday the 2nd, so we're going ahead with this this year, okay? September 6th, we have invitations here, Grandparents' Day. And they get these because they're invites to family members, Now, especially the children as they come uh, tonight. Mom and Dad, come with them. Grandparents, come with them. Get a few invites so they can mail it to them. Or they can uh, go and visit them. But uh, you say, what if their grandparents aren't around? Then they can adopt a grandparent, okay? But uh, we're going to have grandparents Day. we have a little gift for all the grandparents that day. And uh, just something we're going to start doing here. You say, Pastor, why? Because I'm a grandfather now, and I think that's an important day. Amen. And I should have been doing it all, around, all along. I should have been right with God all these years. And the Lord spoke to my heart about that. Now, of course, we've been doing the uh, seven Baptist distinctives, reason why we're Baptists. And we've dealt with, again, biblical authority and an autonomy of the local church, priesthood of the believer, uh, soul responsibility or soul liberty. Uh, tonight, our Bob McLaren dealt with... Um, baptism and the Lord's Supper, the two ordinances. So Brother Chuck tonight has been given the duty of eternal security to the believer. And uh, I just want to say before he gets up here, Brother Chuck, of course, a faithful deacon in our church has been a, a good Sunday school teacher and helped in that for many, many years now and uh, also the, a couple of years back because he have been doing it for many years. I, I, I asked him to be the assistant to the pastor. Now you say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, it pretty much means if I ask Brother Chuck or Sister Linda if I need something done, they're always willing to do it. And so uh, they are in charge of a lot of things that people don't even know about, preparation thing. Brother Chuck watches the maintenance of the church. And if there's a special event or a special service, they're usually involved with it, the preparation, the planning, and getting the people. And I appreciate him and Linda. They do so much, and I'm looking forward to what he has to say to us tonight. Uh, this Baptist distinctives is important. Uh, somebody said to me the other day, if this prophet is not Baptist, you're not for it. And I said, amen. Uh, you know, it's not that. It's that we are fundamental believers. And we believe what the Bible has to say. And there are groups out here, folks, that are Christian, no doubt about it. They know the Lord. But we don't agree in doctrine. And uh, I, I, don't, I make no apology as a pastor that we are a Baptist church. We need to know what we believe and stand for it. And uh, if, you, if you don't stay true to these Bible doctrines, then we'll just get more and more liberal and more and more wishy-washy as the day goes. And so, listen, know what you believe, believe in it, amen, and stand for it, and the Lord will bless you and bless your church. Now, again, I don't believe that the Baptists are the only one saved. Uh, of course not. Many Christian denominations are saved. But there's a reason why we're Baptists, and if we're not going to stand for that, we might as well just take the name off. And many churches have, because they feel like they can get a bigger crowd. But when they do, they usually drop the standards, the Bible, soul winning, a lot of important things. So what we believe is important. So Brother Chuck's going to deal with eternal security tonight, and I'm glad he's here. Brother Chuck, uh, I'll start this for you, and you put it on yourself the way you wish to, tie your coat, okay? Thank you.
2: How about just wrap around my neck and jump off the platform? <laughs> All right, guys, if you'll pass out those outlines, I appreciate it. We're dealing with eternal security, but I'm going to hit it at a little different angle. We're going to go through salvation real quick first and then get into eternal security. I don't think you can get there by not doing that. I told my daughter-in-law, she came in tonight, and I told her, I said, Chalene, you're in trouble next week. She says, why is that? I said, Bob and Robin and their family sang last week. I'm speaking tonight and my family sang tonight. You're up next week. You're on your own. So expect her to come in with a song, I do. (laughs) Listen to Tom laugh. I do. Saved membership and eternal security. The grace of God. It all ties together. I was talking to a man, we were down south for a while and lived down there, and I was talking to a man one day in a store, and he wanted to know what church I belonged to, and I told him, and he said, "He, he said, who's a pastor over there? And I told him, and we started talking a little bit. He says, are you one of those Baptists that believe only Baptists are going to heaven? I said, no, sir. He said, well, good. He said, I'm glad I finally met somebody who agrees with me. And I let him talk for about 15 minutes, and and I said, no. I said, I'm not one of those. I said, I don't even believe half of the Baptists are going to heaven. And he says, what do you mean? And I says, well, most of them live like you talk about right now. And I said, I don't believe they're going to heaven, according to the, the word of God. He didn't like it. He got mad. But it's true. We, we let a lot of things happen in our Baptist churches that should not happen. And uh, so we're going to kind of look at, at salvation and eternal security. I can honestly say I've been saved over 40 years and I've never, ever doubted my salvation. Now, I'm not talking about people that have. I, don't have, I, I know people have doubted, and I, I agree I've dealt with a lot of them. But I can honestly say, when God saved me, he settled it in my heart that night. I never thought about it. I never questioned him over it. I, I just accepted it. And uh, so we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at salvation. Uh, like I said, saved membership and eternal security. As, I, as preacher gave this to me and as I looked at it and as I, as I started putting things together, my mind started going a million different ways and, and trying to corral it all that you got it into a certain per time period and, and what you can do and, and what you can say. So I've got some, scripture, I got some scripture, I've added some scripture that we won't look at tonight. Some of it's written down, some of it's not. I'll give it to you. So we're going to try and get through this as quick as possible. i got this statement I want to read tonight. We believe before Adam and Eve... Sin, sinned in the garden, that God's plan for salvation was already set. This would take God's only Son, born of a virgin. He lived thirty-three years on this earth as a man. He was not just a man; he was a God-man. He was beaten, hung on a cross, and died for the sins of fallen man. Was buried. The third day arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Was seen of men. Ascended into heaven. Set down at the right hand of the Father making intercession for his children. Through faith, God's grace, we are saved and secured. And so that's kind of what we're going to look at tonight. As Baptists, that's why we believe what we believe. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, God. I pray that you'd take this and you'd use it. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that's lost, that doesn't know you as your own personal Savior, as we go through salvation tonight, Lord, you would touch their heart. Lord, I pray if there's somebody that's, that's struggling over security and, and knowing for sure, Lord, that they get that settled tonight. Father, you've written it in your book for us to know. And Lord, as we present it tonight, we pray it honor and glorify the Father. For he this in Christ's name. Amen. The perfect plan of salvation. God made a perfect plan. God has a reason for this plan to be perfect. The setting, the virgin birth. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 through 38. This talks here about the virgin birth. You can also go in the Old Testament over in Isaiah in chapter 7 and verse 14 and and chapter 9 and verse 6. But it's important that we look at this. It's important we understand where salvation comes from, this eternal security. And in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin. That's an important part. It's not a young woman, it's not a lady, it's not a young girl, it's not a teenager, it's a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. That's important, the bloodline, where all this comes from, Old Testament. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord with, with the highly favored. The Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and when she saw him she was troubled at the, at his saying and cast her cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be and the and the angel said unto her fear not mary for thou hast found favor in the lord skip down to verse 34 then mary said unto the angel how is this to be seeing he told her she was going to have a child how is this to be seeing how i've never how shall this And Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And then skip down to verse 37. It says, For with God nothing is impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. If we today would have Mary's attitude. If we today as Christians, God's children, would look at what God tells us to do and say, God, whatever you want. I'm here. I'm here. Mary had the right attitude. A virgin, a young girl, never known a man. And the angel appeared unto her. I asked tonight, if it was your daughter, what would you say? If it was your daughter, and she came to you with this statement, an angel came to me and told me, what would you say? I believe we'd struggle with it. But Christ had to be virgin born the Savior, sinless life, sinless, could not have any sin in him. He was born of a virgin, from the, and she was from the line of David. Over in Second Corinthians, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we, uh, that, we might be ma- that we might be made the righteous of God. He knew no sin, the Savior, sinless life, for him to create and make salvation for us, he had to be sinless. There could be no sin in his life. He had to be perfect. He was a perfect savior. He had a sinless life. Turn over to 1 Peter. I was, I was going through this and uh, I'd written down 2 Peter. Well, if you turn over to 2 Peter and you read this verse of 2 Peter. It talks about uh, the dogs returning their own vomit. And as I read this, I thought, what am I doing? And I thought, that's not what I want. And it's 1 Peter 22, two twenty two, please. And the Bible said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. He was sinless. He was perfect. He was, a, he was our Savior. It's what God required. The, sa- the third thing, the sacrifice, the cross. He had to die, where he poured out his blood for mankind, paid the price that God wanted to save the fallen man. A holy God required a sinless atonement. God says, I've got a problem here. Man has fallen. Man is a sinner. And you say, well, Brother Chuck, why are you telling us that? We're sitting here all saved. Heather Vyers was saved. She just really got in. Melissa Sharpetta, was saved not too long ago, and she sat in church like Heather has. Maybe there's somebody sitting here tonight saying, man, I don't know. I've struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled with this. I've just never really know. If you don't know, know tonight. Come tonight. Come tonight. You say, well, what if? Brother Daniel said a perfect thing. We're family here tonight. It's family. You can go and talk to family about anything. You can take family, any kind of a problem, and they're willing to accept it. We're family tonight. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. We're going to look at a lot of these verses and a lot of them will overlap each other. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. For scarcely was the righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good one, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. On the cross, poured his blood out. The setting had to be a virgin birth. The Savior had to be sinless. The sacrifice had to be exactly the way God said. And he set up the cross. I like this. It's all alliterated. That's pretty good, huh? I didn't do it, but it's good. The proper procurement for salvation. Why do I need salvation? I've been out soul winning, knocking on doors, talking to people. And if you've ever done that and you've ever talked to anybody, people will say, why do I need this? What is it about what you have that I need? And We can say, well, it's a better life. And they'll say, I've got a great life. Well, it makes you a better person. I am a good person. So what do you tell them? Where do you go? What do you say to them? Salvation. Why do I need it? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Look at Romans chapter 3. Verse, uh, ch- uh, chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a person seated in this auditorium that is not a sinner. Nobody. You can go to the nursery, You can't find a person in that nursery, no matter how young, that is not a sinner. We have all sinned and come short of God's glory. We're all sinners. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, by as one man sinned entered in into the world, Adam, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all for that all have sinned. You might say, Brother Chuck, I'm a good man. I'm a good moral man. I take care of my family. I take care of my wife. I go to work. I work hard. I, I, I do all the things that I should do. That does not save you. But my dad was. That does not save you. That was a big thing when we were down south. You knock on doors. You knock on doors down south. I don't think in the time we lived there, I ever had anybody that didn't invite you in. That always invites you in. Come in, sit down. Do you go to church? I don't go to church. I'm a heathen. I go to the bar every night. Come on in and sit down and talk to me. They'll let you talk to them. And you go in and you sit down and you start explaining salvation and they say, Well, I'm saved because of my mother. What do you mean? Well, mom goes to church. Grandma went to church. Great grandma went to church. They started that church you're in. They, my family's always been in that church. I've never seen you there. I don't go to that church, but I'm good and I'm saved because of my grandparents and my parents and my great grandparents. According to the Bible, it says, "For all have sinned. We're all sinners." We all have come short of the glory of God. Uncapable of saving ourselves. That's a big one right there. We look at things and the world tells us we're good enough. The world tells us we can get by. The world tells us that it's all right. Romans, again, 5.8, it says, But, by, but God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We're incapable of of saving ourselves. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we could save ourselves if there's anything we could do to save ourselves would God send his son to die for us? Would Christ left heaven to come down to this earth to die the death he died if there was any way you could save yourself. No. He wouldn't. So there's no way that we can get to heaven, that we can get to salvation outside of Jesus Christ. We're incapable in ourself. God demanded a sinless blood sacrifice. A holy sacrifice for sin. Not something that we could do, but it had to be Outside of man. How do I receive this salvation? We make it hard. We make it difficult. I've sat and listened to men preach. And I'm amazed at how difficult they make it to get saved. I, they do. And, and, and not, I'm not bad them. But we use words that people don't understand. We, we use terms that they don't understand. If you read some, some men of old that, that had the power of God on their life, they talk very simple, very plain. They told people what sin was. They, they told them how they were lost. They told them about Christ and what he did. We, they didn't use words like sanctification and glorification and and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And they're all good words. And if you're a Christian, if you've been saved long enough, you ought to know the words. You ought to know the terminology. But when a lost man or a lost woman or a lost child, you go to a lost child that's seven, eight years old and deal with them and talk to them about sanctification. Go to him and talk to him about glorification. Better yet, go to a 40-year-old man that's lost, hell-bound, and talk to him about it. He doesn't know. We intimidate them when they come to our church. We intimidate them. When you go out knocking on doors, you think you're scared. I tell you what, you get you on a tie, you get you on a coat, you get you a Bible, you stick it in your pocket, you get you some tracks, you get you a, our soul winning partner, and you go knocking on doors. You knock on a man's door that's lost. And you start talking to him about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's petrified. Why? He doesn't understand it. You're talking foreign language to him. He's way more scared than you are. And you got God. Salvation. Salvation. Simple. The Bible says, confess and believe. Look at Romans 10. We as Baptists believe this. We ought to do it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess, simple, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How hard is that? How hard is it? The Bible says if we confess and believe, that's all there is to it. But but I need to add something else to it. That's what a lot of religions do. That's the reason why we as independent fundamental Baptists have got the truth. We've got it. It's that simple. It's that simple. I've had people tell me, that's way too easy. All these years I've been lost and on my way to hell, and that's all I have to do. Yeah, according to that book, that's what all you have to do. By grace through faith. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. We all know these verses. We could probably quote them. I won't because I'll get them wrong. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For by grace are you saved. By grace. Whose grace? Church's grace? Pastor Brown's grace? Brother Jeremiah's grace? Dad's grace? Mom's Grace? God's grace. God's grace. Whose faith? Whose faith? Whose faith? We confess by by faith. Whose faith? Whose? Ours. Our faith, God's grace. It can't get any simpler than that. That's as simple as it can get. Melissa, when you got saved, how'd you get saved? Through faith. Right? God's grace, your faith. That's how I got saved. I sat in a, in a seat in a big auditorium down in Detroit in the very back of it. And a man got up, Tony Fontaine. He was a nightclub, uh, had a nightclub act, got saved. And God called him to preach. And he, he got a burden for teenagers. And he came to this youth meeting I was at. And he preached. And as he sat there and preached, he started naming sins. And I said, oh, I do that. That's that's part of my life. Yeah, that's part of my life. And he got all done. And he says, if you identify with this, maybe you're not saved. And the Holy Spirit says, maybe you're not. And I sat in the back, and I held onto that seat, and I wept, and I cried. And the guy that was with me was a big, tall, young guy. He said, what's the matter? He's a good friend. And I said, I'm lost. I'm going to hell. And I said, I don't know what to do. He said, well, go forward. I said, all right. I went forward. And some dear old lady took the Bible, opened it up, and showed me those verses, if I'll confess and believe, by God's grace, through faith, I will be saved. And that's what it's all about. Salvation. Simple. Easy. Now we talk about eternal security. And like I said, i I'd never have doubted my salvation. From that day on. I, I I just I just never had a problem with it. And and God's I guess talked to me about it and, and led me and, and put me in the right places. But our present position in salvation, we as independent fundamental Baptists believe the Bible teaches eternal security for the believer. We are kept secure in our salvation by God. It's not by us. It's not up to us. It's by God. Eternal security is established upon salvation. You can't have eternal security without it. When you come to know Christ as your savior, you are b- brought into such a wonderful relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That relationship is sealed by the Holy Ghost for eternity. When I from now to the time I die, I am sealed in God. I cannot lose what I do not control. I cannot lose what I do not have in my hand. I cannot lose what I don't have. God has it. God keeps it. It's not up to me to keep it. If it was, I'd lose it. I'd give it away. I'd sell it. I'd do something foolish with it. But it's not up to me. Look over at Jude Jude 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you. He keeps us from falling. He presents us faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy. He keeps us. We don't keep ourselves. Look look over at 1 John. 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. And this is a record that God hath given unto us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Who gives it to us? God. God gives it to us. God gives us eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath of God hath not life, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may what what? Know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. God said I didn't save you and stick you out there and let you walk through the rest of this life without knowing for sure. Of your security. He didn't do that. How many here owe something at the bank or someplace? Has got a loan? All of us, man. We raise our hand. We all do. Do they know where you're at? Yeah. Don't make your car payment for six months. See if they don't know where you're at. They know where you're at. Don't Don't make any of your payments. They know where you're at. They can get a hold of you. They can find you. They secure you. They want you. When God saved us, he secured us. God says, I saved you. Something as precious as your soul, I will keep. It lives eternally. It lives forever. And it had to be precious because God sent his son to claim it. It had to be. It was precious. Eternal security is settled forever. John 3.16, uh, look over there. Look, go back over to John. John 3.15 and 16. There's a lot in that verse. We quote it, and a lot of times we just quote it because we knew it when we were kids. But that's a precious, precious verse. You want to lead somebody to the Lord, you take John 3.16, and that's got it all in it. It says, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at that last part. Everlasting life, and at the, at the end of 15, eternal life. God says it's eternal, it's everlasting. His security is forever. It doesn't start and doesn't stop. This is a promise from God that he keeps us and is something we do not do, something we do not have to worry about. It's all in God's hands. It's all up to God. And the last part of this is the day of redemption. Turn over to Ephesians chapter, chapter 4. I don't know how I'm doing on time, but I guess I'm all right. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed Unto the day of redemption. Not only am I kept, but I'm sealed. I'm sealed. I cannot get out. I, I, am, I am totally in the hand of God. God seals us. Second Timothy. Flip over there and we'll be done. Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 12. For that which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he, that's God, is able to keep that which I have committed my salvation unto him against that day. Paul writes here to Timothy and he says, it's a done deal. I've committed it to God and it can't get lost. I've got written down here. That God, God is the keeper of it. God does keep it. It's up to God. It's in God's hands. Eternal security is promised by the Father, purchased by the Son, and sealed by the Holy Ghost. I like. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. We as Baptists, independent, I won't say Baptists, independent fundamental Baptists, are the only ones that believe this, this doctrine, wholeheartedly and truly. Other Baptists, there's a lot of them out there that believe a lot of things. But when you start talking to them about salvation and security, it kind of separates us. Chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now let me ask you a question. If God wrote that in the book, and this book is true, What can separate us from God? Nothing. God promised it, the Son bought it, paid for it, and the Holy Spirit sealed it. It doesn't get any better than that. As Baptists, we believe it. You know the sad part is? If we really believed it, we'd tell it. We'd share it we'd want everybody we know to have this great gift. If if you got a phone call Brother Jeremiah gets on the phone he calls all the church family he said Brother Chuck's going to be at the church Saturday morning 5 o'clock a.m. Daniel 5 o'clock in the morning He's going to be standing on the platform and everybody that comes in from five to six, he's given a hundred dollar bill. Would you come? No questions asked. You just give them out. Would you come? Yeah, you'd come. I got something greater than a hundred dollar bill. I've got eternal Life. Will you go give it out? Will you give it out? Will you share it? We as Baptists, independent, fundamental Baptists, we believe it. I stake my entire life on that salvation. That when I die, I will go to heaven. I stake my life on it. I've staked my wife's life on it. I've staked my children's life on it. My grandchildren's life on it. I am so sure of it. I want others to go. I want others. This has nothing to do with it, but it all ties together. Being a soul winner. We believe it. We've got it. We've got it written down. We've got all the T's crossed, all the I's dotted. We've got it all underlined. We've got it all written out. We know it all. And we believe eternal security. We cannot lose it. The sad thing is, we will not give it out. We will not. Unless the salt shaker is tipped over, The salt never gets out of it. Never. You can go by the salt shaker and you can look at it and you say, that's salt. I bet you that'd be good on those tomatoes. Bet you that'd be good on that watermelon. Boy, if I had some salt on that salad, that would be better. It's the same thing. Us in this world. We're the salt shaker. Unless you get tipped over and you spill it all out all over, this world will go to hell. And we'll die and we'll go to heaven because of our salvation, because of eternal security, because of the virgin birth, because of everything that Christ did, we will go to heaven. But the world is going to hell. What are we doing about it? Oh, we believe it. I believe it, Brother Chuck. I stake my life on it. My family, everything. I would die for it but I won't share it. I won't share it. Why? Why? I don't understand it. I struggle with it. I struggle with sharing it. I do. It's a hard thing. I've got a new neighbor moved in two houses down, and I, and he came over and talked to me, and I went over a day and talked to him, and as we were as we were standing there, and I've been praying, I said, "God, open the door that so I can talk to Him. Open the door so I can talk to Him." And we were standing there and we were talking about business and whatnot. And he said, "He said, boy, God is good, isn't He?" And I said, "Yeah." And he says, "He really blesses us." And I said, "Yeah." You know, and I'm thinking in my heart, "Okay, maybe this guy's saved." And he keeps talking, and about three words down out of his mouth comes all kinds of swear words. And I thought, "Huh." I'm not, I'm not hearing this. And, and so I kind of backed up and, and, and he starts talking to him about the goodness of God and the blessings of God and how God's blessing him. And then blankety blank, 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 blank. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. And I thought, but that's the world. That's what he thinks. And unless I reach him, he'll go to hell. In his heart, he thinks he's right. He's lost. Is a Christmas goose, and he doesn't know. He's not the only one. Let me let me challenge you with this, and I'm done. And I, I I'm saying way more than I should, and I know it. But does it bother you? Think about this. Most churches don't set in this kind of surrounding. Most churches either set on a corner, someplace, and there's not a lot of houses around. And we set here, within walking distance of this church. This church could be filled. Walking distance. Not driving distance. Walking distance. We could pack this church out. The thing that bothers me, it's not that we haven't told them. It's not that we haven't passed out the literature. It's that they haven't been touched. Think about it. They haven't been touched. Why? Why? Well, everybody's got a free will. You mean, and the hundreds of people within walking distance of this church, they're all cold and indifferent? It's the salt in the shaker. It's the salt in the shaker. We've got it. Think about that tonight. When you pillow your head... Walk these streets in your mind. And a lot of us have walked and passed out tracks, talked, tried to talk to people, and they don't talk. Something's wrong. It's not God and it's not his plan. It's us. Think about it. What are we doing? We're Baptist, independent, fundamental, heaven going. God secured, and that's all great, and I am. I believe it, I teach it, I tell it. I want to live it, and I want to give it out. I want to see this family sitting here to grow. I'm not happy, and I'm not content. And the thing is, I look at it, and if I'm not happy, and I know Pastor's not happy, and I know Brother Jeremiah's not happy, I know Daniel's not happy. Listen to Daniel when he talks. If we're not happy, how unhappy is God? That's who we answer to. God. How unhappy is he? Oh, Brother Chuck, I believe it. I do too. Maybe tonight. Maybe there's one here tonight, says Brother Chuck, I'm not saved. I've I've struggled with salvation, I don't know. I've just never got a peace over it. I don't know. We say, well, we're all saved. Melissa Sharpetta wasn't. Heather wasn't. She got she got security over it. She got it settled. What about you? Do you know? That you know, that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Well, Brother Chuck, I've struggled with this thing over security. I just I just I just can't get it. Tonight's the night to get it settled. Get it settled. Don't walk out of here tonight not knowing. And then you might say, well, Brother Chuck, I'm saved, and I know I'm saved, but man, I just haven't. I am a witness like I should. I haven't shed tears. I haven't been broken over it. That's what it takes to see this community changed. It takes our tears, our broken heart, and going and telling them. But they won't listen. Yeah, they will, or God's a liar. One or the other. They won't like it. But go tell them. I think we can fill our church and not go to Ipsy. We need to go to Ipsy. Not go to Norway. It's good we go to Norway. It's good we go over there. We pick up the kids. I'm all for it 100%. But when we could fill this auditorium and run it over from people that could walk to this building, something's wrong. Something's wrong. It ought to break our heart. It ought to change our life. It ought to set us on fire for God. And say, by the grace of God, I'm going to do everything I can from now to the time God takes me home to get this auditorium filled with those people. And I'm going to do it. What's your heart tonight? I know this was a little different. I asked God about it and I prayed about it and. It all ties in with salvation and eternal security. And I'm glad I've got it. But let's give it out. Let's all stand, bow our heads.